everybody. Welcome or welcome back to our home libraries. Today we're going to be discussing It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey. And as usual, we will be spoiling this book for you. So if this is something that you're interested in reading and you don't want us to spoil it, go ahead and stop listening before we get into the questions. We invite you to come back and listen once you have read. And of course, you can visit our Instagram, which is our home libraries. It's plural because we're two people. Uh, we do also have that Facebook page, same name if you want to follow us there, but we're going to post similar things on both platforms. So no pressure to follow both. So for this novel, it happened one summer. It's all about a privileged LA socialite named Piper Bellinger, who ends up breaking up into a rooftop pool to throw this huge, massive party. And as a result, gets arrested. This ends up being the last straw for her stepfather who decides that he's had enough and sends her to Westport, Washington to run the bar of her deceased father. Once there, she meets Brendan Taggart, who's a boat captain and a widower. And they keep bumping into each other. Piper is planning to stay in Westport for the three months that her stepfather determined, or sooner if she can get out of there quicker. Mm -hmm. But meeting Brendan and a bunch of the other people in this small town have Piper maybe questioning if LA really is the place for her or if she's favoring all of these real connections that she's making in Westport. Yeah, that was a pretty good summary. And... We'll get more into all of the events, but some of the general romance questions we're discussing today were written by Elena Nicolau for Oprah Daily. Um, as always, we're going to put the link in the description for this episode, but most of the questions today are ones that I thought of, so pretty proud of myself on that front. I haven't really been great with coming up with discussion questions, but I guess maybe I just felt an itch this time. I just felt inspired. So yeah, I think some of the ones you came up with are pretty fun. So it should be a good discussion. Yeah. A little different Think questions. We don't normally ask each other during these episodes. So first up, do you think that Brendan and Piper's connection was believable? I thought it was believable. I thought they kind of had that Tessa Bailey did a good job of having a little bit of the buildup, some of the bickering and banter and flirting. I thought it seemed interesting that, so the premise is that Brendan, since his wife passed away, I think seven years ago is what they say. He has kept the ring on and hasn't been with anyone else. So I did feel a little bit like a wise Piper all of a sudden, the one that made him switch his mind, but also Mm -hmm. why not Piper? I mean, the right person just came across his path and he realized that maybe there was someone out there for him. Yeah, we do get a couple of chapters from Brennan's perspective, and I really do think that keeping the ring on and keeping a good relationship with the father-in-law was really more out of duty from his perspective, Um, and not necessarily because he really loved that person and never wanted to be with anyone else. Um, I kind of think their connection was and wasn't believable. Um, I'm going to talk a lot about some of the sexual interactions happening in this book because we know from past episodes that sometimes 
those scenarios can make me a little uncomfortable. I don't really love reading them. Maybe I should talk to my therapist about that. Anyway, I think it is normal to be a little bit sex crazed at the beginning of a relationship, but like some of the interactions they had were borderline pornographic and that's kind of where it wasn't really believable. I, I texted Kayla at some point and I was like, nobody actually talks to their partner like this except in porn. Like that's the only place. <laughs> yeah. Some of it did feel a little extreme, but we'll touch upon the, some of those topics in a little bit. Look, I can get with dirty talk. It's fine. But like this level of dirty talk was just, it was in the stratosphere. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Back, though, to their connection, did we find it believable? There was this one line in the book that I thought was super adorable. Piper goes to him, are we friends, Brendan? And, or Brandon? No, Brendan. Brendan, yeah. Brendan. Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, point blank. And the and he didn't elaborate. And the point was because they both realized that they were more than just friends. And I thought that was kind of a cute little interaction at the beginning. Yeah, I guess. okay so what about the pacing of this book did you think that all the interactions had like realistic timelines do you think that the relationships she was building helped to pace the story what do you think I thought that the relationship between Piper and Brendan was fine paced wise like I feel like we kind of saw the build-up for about a third of it saw them forming a a true connection, but I thought some of the other relationships seemed kind of rushed, specifically the one between Piper and her grandmother, Opal. They hadn't seen each other Mm -hmm. in years and years and years. And then all of a sudden after one meeting, they were like thick as thieves. I thought that was kind of a little forced. Yeah. But I also can see that happening because we also see how Piper, she just seems to be really good at connecting with people. So even yeah. like some of the wives around town, some of the other women, like she was just really able to connect with them and build a relationship from like zero to a hundred um, pretty quickly. So maybe that's kind of what that was hinting at. But I mean, I have a similar personal story. My, grandfather on my dad's side. I didn't meet him until I was probably 16 or 17, maybe even 18. So yeah, I didn't immediately start calling him grandpa. Like I didn't know anything about Mm -hmm. him. So I can see it both ways. Yeah. And I, and I guess you're right. That's kind of Piper's personality in this, just very outgoing and social and meets people and part of her charm is that when she's like listening to them, she's really listening and connecting with people. So maybe not too far off that she would just Mm -hmm. want to accept and love her grandmother. Mm -hmm. It is a really interesting dichotomy though. Kind of a little side note how with all the people in Westport, she was able to connect so easily and like really build these foundational friendships. Whereas her quote unquote friends in LA, she didn't really have, Like, they didn't care about her unless she was something, like, unless she was in the news or in a magazine or her post blew up on Instagram. Like, they just didn't care. Yeah, and I think that's kind. that was kind of the point of part of this book is that that world that Piper was living in was one more about, like, image than 
actual relationship. So to be in this small town, she was able to really forge more meaningful connections and realize that she was more than just likes on Instagram. But yeah, for those of you who actually want to hear an answer to this question from me, um, I think it was paced in a way that you would expect a lighter contemporary romance to be paced. So if contemporary romance is something you're into, then you would enjoy the pacing of this one. So we already touched upon it, but did we like the level of heat in this book? Nah. (laughs) It was a bit explicit. It was a little much for me too. It was a bit explicit for my taste. And it was funny because I was reading this as Bradley and I were traveling. We were visiting some of his family and his grandmother said, oh, what are you reading? And Bradley said, porn. <laughs> and I said, it's supposed to be a romance. But yeah, it's it's borderline porn. It's a bit explicit. Like almost as bad as Fifty Shades. That's I remember saying that to Kayla at some point too. I personally feel like you can be less explicit and still get that feeling across. Yeah. Um, I'm all for, I like the flirt, like flirting and having banter and all that. And then this one, once it got to, like, a steamy scene, it just kind of kept being steamy scenes. Yeah. So it it was a little much for me, too. If you're someone that loves smut, this is probably going to be a great book for you. Mm Mm-hmm. This book is not for your preteen daughters, though. No, definitely not. And then also, well, I was thinking about it, though. I wonder sometimes with some of these romance books, if they amp up kind of that dirty talk as a way to describe what's happening instead of just maybe like using some descriptive sentences. So I didn't love, I didn't love all of it. I get it, but I don't like it. Yeah. So just not maybe our cup of tea for a romance book. I will say I liked the overall story. I liked the connection that they had. It just got a little too... It was a little too much when it came to the sexual encounters. Yeah, there was a couple scenes where I wanted to like put my hands over my eyes, but then you can't read when you do that, so <laughs> you just had to keep reading <laughs> to get through some of it. Yeah, at one point, Bradley was like, what do you mean by explicit? Read me something. And I said, I'm uncomfortable reading this aloud. Like, I'm uncomfortable reading it in my own mind. In my head. Much <laughs> less saying out this out loud. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So what were the best and the worst aspects of this book? The best part was probably being able to see that journey that Piper took from this self-absorbed socialite with a lot of fake friends to being a very socially productive person that had a lot of real relationships. So I thought it was a a really good thing to see somebody. We, we've talked about social media on our podcast before, but... It was great to see somebody who was so absorbed in that suddenly find something in the real world that was worth putting all of that down and like actually living your life. Completely agree with that. And the other thing I would add on for the best part of it was the relationship between Piper and her sister, Hannah. We see Hannah come with her to Westport, even though she didn't have to. And then we saw Hannah kind of go toe to toe with Brendan when, when she thought that Brendan had upset her sister and that even Brendan recognized how important the sister's relationship was. So when he wanted Piper to come stay at his house, he even said like, there's an extra room for Hannah, which I thought was 
yeah. cute. Like that he recognized how important their relationship was. I thought that was a nice addition to the story. Mm-hmm. Definitely shows you how important sisters can be. Even if yes. you bicker when you're young. <laughs> or even as adults. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Anna and I still bicker all the time. But we forget about it. I don't even know. I don't think Alicia and I, that's my sister, that we necessarily bicker. But I'm the type that kind of needles about stuff until it gets resolved. So I'm sure sometimes she's so over me, over communicating. But it's who I am. Mm -hmm. I think she loves me regardless. (laughs) I think I'm the kind of person who would rather just have the bickering and then put it behind us. Whereas Anna is the kind of person who will keep it inside of her for as long as possible and then will just explode at you. Mm. And then it's like, okay, whoa. He didn't have I to didn't yell. know this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think for worst part, we'll probably both say maybe the uh, yeah, level the smut. of smut. The smut made me uncomfortable. Yeah. I know. So I was the one that suggested this title. So I tend to do this thing where I'll just like see a title and a sentence and be like, great, sounds good. So with this one, I saw the title. I was like, great, we were looking for a summer read. And then the description I read on the back was a Shit's Creek inspired rom-com. So I was like, yeah, great. I love Shit's Creek. I love a rom-com. So I was thinking it would kind of was going to be a little bit more wholesome. Whereas this had a little bit more, um, X, 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 a little more naughty X rated. Yeah. yeah. But still yeah. like a fun read, just not quite the level that I thought it was going to yeah. be when I, it was vaguely Shit's Creek in the fact that it was like rich person in a small town, but also most of the men working in the town are king crab fishermen, and there's a lot of money in that business as well. So it's not like everybody in the town was poor, which is kind of how Shit's right. Creek is portrayed. Um, I mean, in fact, there was one point at the end where, well, it might have been the middle, where Brendan was planning a trip to Seattle, and when Piper and Hannah found out what hotel he'd booked. They were like, wait a minute. Like, that's a really fancy, expensive place. And you booked three rooms here? That's a lot. Yeah, and then Piper, like, added up what he makes on a king yeah. crab yeah. haul. And it's a lot more money than most people see. But also right. a, a ridiculously dangerous job. So It is very dangerous. I'm sure that crab fishermen are very well compensated for the amount of danger they are in. So as we mentioned, this is a rom-com. So whenever reading romance books, there's certain tropes that you see. So in this one, what did we see? How did we feel about this trope? And do we have any other favorite type of romance tropes that we would maybe like to explore for future reads? I mentioned in the previous episode towards the end that this kind of seemed like it was going to have the grumpy sunshine trope. And that's definitely true. hundred percent. That's what I said. Especially at the beginning. Especially at the beginning, Brennan was very like... No, like I'm gonna keep to myself. I like my routines. I'm not gonna do shit for anybody else. It's just me. just his routine. Whereas she was like, "Yay, I want to explore. Let's go meet people. I want to go on boat rides. I want to go to a winery." She was very like upbeat, that kind of person. Um, but I do think it it did kind of like balance out a little bit with the two of them together because. I mean, Brendan did start to kind of step outside of his routines for her, and yeah. You know, she did, you know, chill out a little bit with the money thing because she recognized that 
you know, money actually has value. She doesn't just need to spend it willy nilly. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really disappoint on that front with the grumpy sunshine trope, but it's not really my personal favorite. I'm kind of more drawn to the enemies to lovers type trope, which should actually be featured in the next book we're reading. Yep. Same for me. I also too like when it's enemies to lovers. I think that's a fun one to read. Another one that I actually like also is when it's roommates that kind of then unexpectedly realize that they have feelings towards one another. Or people when they're in close quarters and then realize, oh, there is an attraction here. And the Bellinger sisters, so Hannah and Piper, Tessa Bailey wrote a book for each of them. So the next book is Hook, Line, and Sinker. And I did go on to read it just because I was curious. I like Hannah and Fox, and that's what the second book is about. And in that situation, they're both um, kind of roommates, for temporary roommates for a little bit. So Yeah, so that's more like a friends to lovers type situation. Yeah. I'm just, I like rom-com, so. Yeah. <laughs> you like contemporary romance. I um, do. This would not be on Netflix, though, because it was just too, too much. It would have to be rated R. Anyway, I also want to mention that there is a thing that I see as a trend in contemporary romance that I don't like, and that is the man is burly and large and he's just a big person right i don't care if it's muscular mm -hmm. whatever he's big okay whereas the girl she's like teeny tiny half his size so delicate and i just don't feel like that is a realistic scenario i'm sure it does happen occasionally in right real but life. for every book yeah but for an everyday person it's like why do we continue to do like Oh, she's so tiny. I could just pick her up and put her on a shelf. Like, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Be yeah, I agree. It seems as though that description of cu the couples is used frequently yeah. in contemporary romance. Yep. Yeah. So who is your favorite character? So mine actually was Hannah, which is why I wanted to read the second book. I just thought... I enjoyed her love of music, the protectiveness of her sister coming to Westport to support her. Um, and so her story to me was the second book I thought was better than the first one. There wasn't as much smut. And I just, I like the, the character Hannah a lot. What about you? Yeah, I said Hannah too, that she seems like a really supportive sister and a little bit more of a down to earth and realistic person compared to Piper. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely have to pick up that book now that you've said that there's less. Smut. It was, yes, there was de definitely a couple parts, but it wasn't, it wasn't as much as the first, as this first book. So I would, I would recommend reading the second one. If you go to the library and you see it there, maybe not one to buy, but mm -hmm. it was, it was a cute read. Yeah. I might see if I can get it on Libby as an ebook or something. Perfect. Okay. So how about if this were made into a movie? Who do you think you would cast for Piper? So I had a hard time picking this, but I ended up picking Hayden Panettiere because she's like cute and little and bubbly. That's pretty good. Yeah. I could see her. Yeah, I could see her. I picked Elle Fanning because I think she's really versatile. She kind of fits Piper's look. I don't really think I've ever seen her play like a party girl type character either. So it would be Something that would be a good her. one. Maybe she has, and I just haven't seen it. But yeah. What about for Hannah? Who do you like? I had said Lily Reinhardt. That's pretty good, too. I think I kind of saw Hannah as more of like a brunette kind of indie type person. So I said Victoria 
Pedretti. She played Love in You. So I think she can kind of pull off. Oh, I couldn't watch you. It made me too uncomfortable. So I don't know who she is. Really? Yeah. Sh- have you seen A Haunting of Hill House? Probably not. You don't like scary things. No. <laughs> okay. You need to look up Victoria Pedretti. Those are the two things that I know that she's been in. And I'm sure she's been in other things. But I think that she can really pull off that like indie type character. Oh, yeah. I looked her up. I could see that. Okay, who did you pick for Brendan? I said Henry Cavill, just because he's like that's pretty handsome. Good if he could get a good beard, yeah, yeah. I really wanted to say Jason Moa. Oh, oh, yes. That's really the vibe I got from Brendan, but it seems like he's kind of like too old for that type of role and too so tatted like maybe, up. Uh, Brendan and this yeah. was like clean cut. Yeah. Or maybe like Josh Hutcherson with a nice beard or Noah Centineo. I like all the names that you're saying. Yeah. What about Fox? Um, Who would you pick for Fox? Zach Efron. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of went along the same route. I said Dylan Sprouse. They're both okay. Disney boys. Yeah, our Disney yeah. boys. Yeah, he's really described as like a pretty boy type character. I also put Timothy Chalamet maybe. You know, I can kind of see... Even Zac Efron, I can see all of them kind of playing a more yeah. playboy, playing the field type mm-hmm. character. I'm not good at casting people, so I don't even know that I stand by the names that I said, but just some some that I'm throwing out there. Yeah. Zac Efron's good for Fox, I think. All right. So moving on, we both mentioned that we really connected with the character Hannah, which now you probably should read the second one just so we can discuss it just amongst you and I. But Hannah really <laughs> enjoyed making playlists. So imagine you're making a playlist for this book. Name three songs that would be on it. So Kayla and I had this conversation outside of this podcast, but I'm the kind of person who will listen to the same album to death, like just over and over and over again until I'm sick of it. Um, So I jokingly said that my whole thing was going to be Taylor Swift, but I stayed away from Taylor Swift. There's no Taylor Swift on my list. I said... Sexual by Nick Jonas. There you go. (laughs) Souvenir by Selena Gomez and Needy by Ariana Grande. Yeah, I think those are all good. Um, Mm -hmm. I picked Summer Girls by LFO. (laughs) Just because it's kind of the the summer vibe. Like party vibe. Yeah, I did How Deep Is Your Love by the Bee Gees. Because it's like, and you come to me on a summer breeze, keep me warm in your love. I don't know. I just thought it kind of could have fit a, a moment in the book. And then I guess I picked another song that I think I was swayed because I was reading Hook, Line, and Sinker. So it might fit the second book better. But in the second book, they talk about sea shanties and little known <laughs> fact. But me and my friends, when we all lived in Pensacola obsessed with sea shanties, like would listen to them on the regular. So I just picked one of the most popular ones, which is leave her Johnny leave her because I freaking love it. I think a sea shanty is very appropriate. Yeah. Well, he's a sea captain, you know, so yeah, that was why I picked that. All of my songs were sexual. You can see what I really got out of this book. (laughs) There was a lot of, of sex in this one. Okay. So Last thing we really have to do is talk about 
our ratings. So what did you rate it? I gave it five out of 10 lipstick purse bags. (laughs) Good one. Because I thought it was a cute, very summer friendly, light and easy read. A little too much sex scenes for me, but I thought her writing was enjoyable and it was, it was a fun read. I don't have too much more to say beyond that. I gave it four out of 10 King Crabs. I don't really have a whole lot to say about it that I haven't already. I mean, the storyline was good. It was an easy read, but I was uncomfortable for a good quarter of the book. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe not one you want to read out in public. (laughs) No, I mean, it was fine. Like, I could have read it in public and, and not reacted. I have a good, like, resting bitch face like that. But, um, yeah. It was a little weird when Bradley was like, yeah, she's reading porn. <laughs> and I basically was. I basically was. He was wasn't a lying. Of it. But anyone out there that's looking for some good, smutty summer reading, not a bad one. Yeah, plenty of people love smut. So if you're one of those people, you would like it. Next time, we're going to be discussing Beach Read by Emily Henry, which is about two authors that are living in neighboring beach houses and hoping to overcome writer's block. And basically, they strike a deal to try to write in each other's genres. And some people on Goodreads, like I mentioned, say that it's using the enemies to lovers trope. So hopefully will be one that I like a little bit better. Yeah, should be a fun one to read. So if you enjoyed the conversation today, be sure to listen to some of our previously previous episodes. Check us out over on Instagram or Facebook. Again, it's Our Home Libraries. For this one, leave us a ship emoji under the post for the episode and leave us any comments, anything you want us to discuss, any future books, whatever you can think of. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.